Today we're talking about why the INFJ door slam is so incredibly brutal. For the ones of you who don't know what the INFJ door slam is, it's when an INFJ has had enough. They have gone and shown all of their mercy, they've tried to be the bigger person, and at some point they just snap. They say, I can't do it anymore, that person has used me and abused me, and all my goodwill hasn't done anything good, and now I need to protect myself. And that's when the door slam happens. That's when the INFJ completely either, you know, removes that person from their life, you know, cuts off all communication, or at least just shuts off any kind of emotional connection to that person. That situation is very common for INFJs. But what is even more common is that once this happens, it creates such a pain in not only the receiver of the door slam, but in the INFJ as well. And this is where the INFJ brutality comes into play. This is something that is incredibly painful. It is something that causes a lot of trauma, not just, as I said, for the receiver of it, but also for the INFJ during the door slam. So today we're going to talk about why this is so brutal, what we can change about it. Is it even necessary? Is it a last resort or is it something that we should do more often? And how to use that knowledge in order to create an INFJ epic life that works for us where we don't really have to door slam because we're getting what we want before it even gets to that. Before we get started, if you haven't done this so far, then download the poster on the five pillars to an INFJ epic life. And if you want to take it to the next level, then get the INFJ epic life audio guide. All the information you can find in the links in the description. The INFJ is known to be an empath. And it's not just about understanding another person, it is also about being a best friend to another person, about being there when somebody's struggling, about being there when maybe the other person is all by themselves and there's nobody there to help them. Because on the one hand, yes, we understand people very deeply, but we can also communicate that. We can communicate with the other person in such a way that they feel seen, that they feel safe, and that they feel understood. And so since we love doing this and it is such a great skill of ours, it's something that we hope and just assume people will appreciate. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. It's not that we have bad intentions. Of course, we wanna help people Firstly, because it will be good for them and it makes us feel good and not so much because of the reaction we will get. But still, there is this place within our mind that thinks the other person is getting it. The other person understands what we're sacrificing, what we're, you know, doing for them, how much we're actually putting effort into this. And you will very often see that other people don't appreciate what you're doing for them. And so often INFJs actually think, like it's on them. There is a reason why the other person hasn't seen it. For example, the other person is completely in their own pain. They're so preoccupied with all of the pain that they're feeling that they're not even aware of what kind of pain they're causing you. Or there's this theory we tell ourselves that we just haven't made it clear to the other person yet. So what do we do? In both cases, we actually keep on giving more and more. In the first case, when we think that person is in so much pain, it actually gives us permission. It enables us to give even more. Like I always like to give this example of, let's say you're in a relationship, friendship, or intimate, or whatever kind, it doesn't really matter. And you as an INFJ are giving 80% and the other person is giving 20%. 
that's very, very common for INFJs. So this is not like uniquely just in your case. You will see when you watch more of my videos or when you talk to other INFJs, this is something we all tend to do. But just because this is our default state, that does not mean that this is something that is healthy or something that has to stay this way. And it also doesn't mean that if you want to change that, you have to give up on your integrity. There are things like, oh, in such a hard world, you don't want to become harsher yourself. You are the strong one when you stay open and when you stay, you know, kind. And this saying is something that actually gets a lot of INFJs into trouble and leads to things like a really, really brutal INFJ door slam because we take it as an excuse. We take it as something that justifies our behavior which is, okay, that person is suffering, I have to give even more. Now I'm going to give 90% and I just have to prove to them how much I care and how much I'm willing to go and do things for them. And at some point they are going to get it. Right? We said there are two reasons. On the one hand, the other person is so in their own pain and preoccupied that they cannot see what you're doing for them and what you're giving. And the other thing is that you just haven't proven yourself yet, right? You're not good enough. You just haven't done enough. In both cases, you continue to give more. Always, and this is I think the crucial point here, that you as an INFJ or me or just INFJs in general, expect that this one moment will come when it will all change. No INFJ ever does this with the intention of, okay, I don't ever expect any kind of return. I don't expect things to change in any other way. There's always this thing of, I just have to do more of this and then the other person is going to come around. So why is the INFJ doing that? Well, mainly because on a subconscious level, we don't believe that we deserve to be liked for us liking ourselves for us putting ourselves first. There's this notion of if I'm not giving all that I can to the other person, why would they want to be with me? Why would they want to be my friend? Why would they want to associate with me? We feel this way on the one hand, because we are different. We are 1% of the population. So particularly as children, we always feel sort of, you know, not really able to fit in. There's always this extra need in ourselves that we need to do something extra to belong. Just by us being ourselves is not making the cut. That's the first reason. The second reason for this behavior is because we're so skilled at this that we're actually having success with it. So even if you were a complete misfit, even if you were somebody that nobody would accept, if those skills of yours to be there for another person, to understand them, to make them feel seen, make them feel understood, if those skills wouldn't bring any result with them, you wouldn't be doing them. The problem is that those results aren't enough. Yes, you will be accepted in most cases. You will be tolerated. You'll even be appreciated, but you will only be appreciated for what you're doing for the other person. And the moment you would stop doing that, the other person would, you know, not really care for you anymore, or they wouldn't really appreciate what you're doing. And it's not to say that the other person is a bad person. No, nothing like this. It's just that the dynamic that you have built up is going to change. And when you change that dynamic, the whole basis of this relationship crumbles. And in most cases, when this base 
crumbles, it always leads to a lot of pain and a lot of troubles. So we already established one of the reasons why we get into these situations that cause, you know, the brutal INFJ door slam are those giving 80 and getting 20 back in a relationship kind of things. One of the reasons is because we have been taught to be misfits. We have been taught to, you know, having to do something extra. It's not enough because we're different. And uh, as children, we can't really handle that. And the second reason is because we're very skilled at that. If we weren't skilled at that, we wouldn't have any results with it. We wouldn't have any success with it. So we wouldn't be doing it, right? We would just feel misunderstood and, you know, nothing after that. We would just stay completely not connected with people. So how does that lead to an INFJ door slam? Well, this relationship dynamic is not based on your authentic self. It's not because it is based on the dynamic of you giving more, you being an enabler, you being a guide, you being, you know, somebody who helps other people. If you think about all those relationships where you had to door slam somebody, where you got really mad, wasn't it that you always thought you were the one helping the other person, that it wasn't an equal partnership where you were giving as much as the other person was? And so the more you get to know this other person, the more of your real intentions come forward. Maybe some of those intentions of you wanting something for yourself or you wanting the other person to also give back to you or to accept you or to just be thankful for everything that you're doing. The other person though has probably not even recognized that you're doing something for them because all they've seen from you is that side which keeps on giving and they are not aware that this is something that is out of the ordinary. It's like a child whose mother cooks for, you know, lunch, dinner, breakfast, like that all their lives they will never know that this is something to be grateful for because they've never experienced anything different. The only way they're really going to get it is if one day they cook for themselves and they recognize how much work it is and how much work that parent was putting in in order to make that happen. And for us INFJs, we always get to a place where we feel I'm not being appreciated, this is not right, and then you start expecting more. But the answer that you're looking for isn't coming that person isn't appreciating, that person isn't giving back, that person isn't thankful. And as I said, how could they? They don't know the difference. They don't know who you actually are if you would put yourself first. So this dynamic continues so long and it gets more intense and more intense because the INFJ keeps on giving. They just think, I just have to do a little bit more. I have to prove it to them. I just have to get to a place where they don't have another choice but to recognize what I'm doing for them. And when that person doesn't give you the kind of feedback that you're looking for, that's when the INFJ snaps because they just can't take it anymore. And what happens then is the INFJ door slam. It's the moment when the INFJ says, I've had it. I either completely tell them off, which is incredibly brutal by itself, or you completely cut them off and don't speak to them anymore. In both cases, the other person sees for the very first time, most of the time, how mentally strong you actually are, how capable you are of making that happen and how small you actually kept your light in order to make them shine. It is the first time they see it and that hits them where it hurts because they see that you've seen their weak sides all along, that you have made yourself small because you looked at them and said, they're not strong enough to be on the same level as me in a way of, you know, I don't need to help them. I'm going to help them. 
And now they see that you've been thinking that all along and they see that you see those weaknesses that they've seen in themselves the whole time. Because it's not so much about you maybe thinking they're not strong or that they are, you know, insecure or whatever it may be. What the INFJ is good at is recognizing in what areas the other person is insecure about themselves, where they see their own weaknesses. And that's what comes across once we actually show who we are. Because in order for us to have this dynamic, we have pretended all along that we don't see that that we don't see what the other person is insecure about, that we don't see what that other person is maybe, you know, weak at. And we've done that by making ourselves small. The INFJ door slam removes all of those misconceptions. For once and for all, it becomes clear how strong you actually are, how much you have been making yourself small, and also, you know, what you've been aware of this entire time. This doesn't only cause pain, for the other person, which is in itself very brutal. And we as INFJs are very often afraid of going there because of the pain we're going to evoke in the other person. But this in itself also causes a lot of pain to us as INFJs. My biggest INFJ door slam that I've done was probably the most painful thing I've experienced. This really caused me to have a reality break. This caused me actually to, you know, change my life, start this channel, start my INFJ epic life journey. And it only happened because it was so painful for me to make that other person feel that pain. Because it wasn't just that I felt, oh, I'm a good person and I don't want to hurt another person. We also have to recognize that there's always a self-centered part about it. And that is that we're going to get abandoned. Because once you actually show up in a way of I'm putting myself first, I'm protecting myself, I'm not doing things in order you know, to make you feel good. Even if I would do that, I'm not doing that at my own expense. We believe if we do this, nobody's going to like us. Of course, people will abandon us. And this is so subconsciously going on in our body and in our mind that we're not even aware of it until we face that pain. The point though is that once you experience this pain, you actually get to heal it, right? You feel it in order to heal it. You get to a place where you relive all of those fears and all of those things that happened that made you feel abandoned as a child. You as an INFJ learned, if I'm being myself, I'm going to get abandoned. So I'm doing all of those other things. I'm making myself small. I'm not putting myself first. Our entire life, we try to heal that. So we try to prove to ourselves that there is no reason to abandon us. When in the end, you cannot remove the fact that this actually happened back then. What we have to do is face it, experience it, grieve it, understand that it did happen. Because then we can start a new dynamic with everybody in your life that is based on you giving more to another person than you're getting back. If you want to help people become a mentor, become a coach, become somebody who's openly there to guide another person. Don't pretend like you're on one level when in the back of your mind, you're doing more for the other person than they're doing for you and you expect them to get it. I promise you changing your direction and saying that no matter how much you give to others, you're always going to make sure that it comes out of integrity, that it comes out of a place where you feel good about yourself and where you're never going to get to a place where you have to do an INFJ door slam because you're not giving that much of yourself. 
You're not jeopardizing your own well-being. You're helping others only if that means you can be yourself, you can authentically make sure that you're good and that this is the way you show up. You don't dim your light anymore. Remember, if you want to get to a place where this becomes easier and easier for you, then download the free poster on the five pillars to an INFJ epic life. And if you say now is the time I'm going to make it happen, I'm ready for the next step, then get the INFJ Epic Life audio guide, all the information you find in the links in the description. And if you wanna watch another video now that is in alignment with today's topic, then watch the video, Why the INFJ Breaks Egos Without Even Trying.